Podsdale. I'm your host, Public Affairs Supervisor Holly Walter. Reaching the highest point in the world has long been an object of fascination for many explorers, risk seekers, and the above average traveler. For some, it's a bucket list item. For others, it's a physical and emotional challenge worth taking, but for some, it serves a higher purpose. And that was the case for Scottsdale's very own Tom Shannon, our fire chief, who's joining me on the podcast today. He's talking to us about his trek up Mount Everest and the special purpose behind it. But first, let's go to Stephanie Harada for this episode's Fast Five. Hi, I'm Public Affairs Specialist Stephanie Harada with five fast things happening around the city you need to know. We start the list at number five by sharing a friendly reminder to bag and tie your garbage and grass. It's a tip that's particularly important this time of year. Reducing spillage during the summer heat minimizes odors and pest problems. It's more than just a good idea, it's the law. Get more refuse tips on our website at scottsdaleaz.gov and search solid waste. Number four is about post-traumatic stress disorder, something that impacts about 8 million people in the United States. But did you know that higher rates of PTSD are found in veterans? You can learn more by attending the first annual Arizona Department of Veteran Affairs Summit on post-traumatic stress. It will be held virtually from 9 a.m. to noon, Tuesday on June 29th. The summit is free and open to the public. Visit scottsdaleaz.gov and search PTSD Summit for the link to register. Alice Cooper and his Andy Warhol take our number three spot. You can get a rare opportunity to view rock star Alice Cooper's legendary acrylic and silkscreen ink on canvas little electric chair in person from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. on Thursday, June 24th at Larson Gallery as part of Scottsdale Art Walk. Attendees will also be treated to a performance by indie folk singer-songwriter Sophie Dorson from Cooper's Solid Rock Foundation. Scottsdale's Legacy Quest is at number two. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to take part in Scottsdale's 70th anniversary Legacy Quest. It starts at 6.30 p.m. on Friday, June 25th, in front of the Little Red Schoolhouse. You'll be tasked to follow along on a family-friendly expedition that tests your Scottsdale knowledge. And if you're a history lover, there is a special trail just for you that uncovers even juicier bits of Scottsdale history. To register for this free event, visit scottsdaleaz.gov and search Legacy Quest. Our number one Fast Five spot goes to Pride Month. Nationally, Pride Month is celebrated annually in June, but in Scottsdale, we take pride year-round in perpetually celebrating the LGBTQ community. Our city has been a longtime supporter of LGBTQ pride. This includes having a fully inclusive employment policy and an employment benefits provision for transgender health insurance. Earlier this year, the Scottsdale City Council voted unanimously to adopt an anti-discrimination ordinance. Mayor Ortega issued a proclamation to recognize Pride Month, and the city also plans to participate in the Phoenix Pride Parade in November. It's all part of our continued work to support true equality for all people, no matter who they are or who they love. And that's our Fast Five for this episode of Podsdale. Got something for a future Fast Five? Tell us by emailing communications at scottsdaleaz.gov. I'll turn it back over to you, Holly. Thank you, Stephanie. Before I talk to Chief Shannon, I would like to congratulate police analyst Lance Davidson. He's our recent Podsdale trivia question winner, and he was correct in saying that Brad Hardick and Reed Pryor collectively had 46 years of city service before their retirements. Congratulations, Lance. If you would like to be Podsdale's next trivia question winner, listen for our question and further instructions at the end of the episode. I am so honored to have Chief Tom Shannon on the podcast. 
In April, Chief Shannon was part of a team that completed an 80-mile trek up and down Mount Everest, known now as Peck's Trek, in memory of someone incredibly important to him, his nephew, Austin Peck. So Chief Shannon has joined us today to not only share his experience, but more importantly, share the mission behind his journey, which is to bring awareness to the very real risk of occupational cancer and fire service. Chief, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. Let's start with Austin. Your nephew was a firefighter for Goodyear Fire Department who passed away in 2019 after a four-year battle with a rare form of occupational cancer. You also referred to Austin, and I love this, as a firefighter's firefighter. Yeah. He loved the service and loved to help people. Tell us more about him. Yeah, so he was the quintessential little uh, little uh, Yosemite Sam type Banny Rooster firefighter. He's about he's barely five foot tall. I mean, we're not very big people in my family, but he he's about oh maybe five foot three. But boy, his his heart was that of a seven footer. Um, loved the fire service. He started out uh, as a wildland firefighter, but he really really loved the fire service, structural firefighting, and loved the interacting with people. Um, he worked out in Goodyear, where oddly four firefighters about his age. Uh, came down with cancer over a period of a couple of years. It was just odd. It was, wow. it was, it was anomalous, if you will. Mm-hmm. And his cancer was extremely rare form of cancer called sinonasal undifferentiated carcinoma. And snuck uh, is really only acquired in industrial settings. It's so rare, but most all of this research shows that it's related to some sort of an industrial exposure. And so... Uh, that kind of enters us into this world of, of understanding how uh, firefighters are cared for and, uh, and what we can do to prevent exposures. Uh, but Austin was, uh, his tenacity was awesome because uh, snuck uh, victims typically only live about a, six months to a year, if that. Uh, but that rascal uh, fought for nearly four years, and uh, he, he gave it everything he had. Um, but it, what it did do, and it, and it was it was timely in that it brought awareness to um, the deficiencies in how uh, uh, we were protecting our firefighters in terms of workplace-related uh, cancer. Right, because and, unfortunately, part of the battle he faced was not only with the cancer, but obtaining coverage sure. um, during that. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. So it's an expensive endeavor to treat someone with cancer. Right. Um, it's not like a broken ankle that can heal over six weeks. It, it's quite expensive. And so uh, most cities are insured. Um, there was immediate pushback and denial of claims. And uh, that was really ultimately never resolved despite its acceptance by the public safety retirement system as a work-related cancer. But um, what it did bring to, to light is that the statutes that protected firefighters related to presumptive cancers. So there's about a dozen cancers that impact firefighters that are unquestionably and undeniably related to firefighting. And so that statute needed some massaging and some changing. And so Senators Boyer and Carter um, uh, both took on that uh, renewal and refreshing of that statute. Well, COVID hit at the end of that legislative season and it kind of postponed the vote essentially they they closed the legislative session and so we had this year additional year to wait well we used that year to really garner the support 
of anybody who would listen to the plight of firefighters who um, now are succumbing more to cancer than we are to heart disease or buildings falling on our heads or any of the other things that, that injure uh, firefighters substantially. So mm-hmm. cancer is the number one uh, concern in the fire service now. And it's, and it's not understand. It's not, it's not, not understandable. Mm-hmm. It's not good grammar, but, um, buildings are made with new products. Those new products are made with chemicals. Those chemicals when burning produce cancer causing, uh, agents. And so, uh, we know that we have to tactically be different. Correct. Yeah. And I know you've mentioned in past interviews, you've said firefighters are risking their lives in more and more serious ways in contemporary fire service. And that's what you're referring to uh, due to the types of fires you encounter and the materials burned, it sounds like. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Traditional older homes used to burn fairly clean. Uh, I can remember as a young firefighter, you'd go home, smell like an ashtray, but you rarely tasted the, the fire or the metals in, in your saliva. Late into the 90s and early 2000s, we began going home tasting metals and things like that and, and off-gassing in a way that our family would say, you smell like a chemical. And so we knew that something was going on there and we needed to really engage that process in terms of how we're exposing ourselves and what we're doing to decontaminate ourselves. And then certainly understanding what's burning because it's a hazmat call. Every fire now is a hazmat call. And so that's really kind of the approach that we've taken because this isn't all on the insurance companies. This isn't all on cities. Mm -hmm. We have to be smarter about how we fight fire. It's it's an important message to share with everyone all around. I think so. Um, Chief, when did you begin thinking about taking uh, Austin's story and and turning that into the truck that you made with your group? So a, a former Scottsdale firefighter named Jim Dooley uh, uh, came to me. He wanted an exit interview. He was retiring. He said, you know what? I'm going to uh, Mount Everest to take a prayer flag up for Austin. Uh, he, he had befriended uh, Austin's wife and their daughters, and he was taking a prayer flag. And he says, you should go. And I said, okay. And so that was it. And uh, we, the, the listeners may not know that we held a, Austin's wake at his favorite Irish pub, the Dubliner in Phoenix. And um, the bar manager at the Dubliner was David Grafka. And David succumbed to cancer a few months after um, Austin. So the bar owner and bar, some other bar folks from the Dubliner and then Jim Dooley and myself and a couple other folks um, made this trek uh, about memorializing those that have fallen in public safety to not only cancer, but uh, in the line of duty. And that hiatus that we had during COVID provided us the opportunity to garner like hundreds and hundreds of prayer flags. I, the, the satchel that I carried, I think weighed 25 pounds and it was nothing but prayer flags and those are light. And so, uh, we, we embarked on this and, and, uh, it was, it was, it was extremely cathartic, the whole process it was. And, uh, when we started tying them off, um, it, it, it really felt like, uh, we were kind of closing a chapter of, for so many families, the Yarnell 19, Governor Ducey sent flags with us. So, uh, so many of our friends here at the city did. Uh, uh, friends in, in the Scottsdale community who uh, have lost loved ones to cancer provided us prayer flags. And, and uh, it was just an enormously overwhelming experience. That had to be an incredible moment. It was, yeah. 
Now, also, in fact, on that day, um, when you reached the uh, base camp for the tie-off, Governor Ducey signed into law what you mentioned, Senate, Senate Bill 1451. He did. And that bill strengthens the presumption that a firefighter's cancer diagnosis is work-related. It ensures more firefighters are eligible for workers' comp so they can spend more time focusing on their health and family, less time fighting for the benefits. Yeah, it really was an important thing. And, and uh, I was sweating because uh, as we were as we were climbing and we went to a, we went to about 1200 feet higher than base camp to a place called Kalapatar because it gives you the best view of uh, Mount Everest and Lhotse and Nupse the three peaks there and up until that moment uh, he had not signed the bill and we thought oh no is he getting cold feet or something well no he was just being masterful about the timing of his signing and they were literally watching us and, and uh, preparing us uh, preparing for for us to be ready to tie off the flags. And uh, as we were tying them off, he signed the bill. Oh, that's so exciting. So it was, a, the timing was perfect. And uh, we were, we were so excited to do that. And then I sent out all the videos of each flag strand being tied off to, to everyone, including the governor's office. Wow. Yeah, it was cool. That's really cool. Now, how did you physically prepare yeah. for this? I'm sure that took some work before you even it did. Uh, left. It, yeah, it did. And I'm, in, I'm, I'm, it's a funny story because Johnny O'Connell, who owns Dubliner, uh, not only had can- has cancer and is fighting it in himself, but he had climbed out of a hospital bed 30 days before we left after having COVID and being on chemotherapy. And we had been training for a year and a half, climbing up Mount Humphreys all summer long and just we, I think I spent most of my time in the preserve, uh, just getting aerobically fit. And that rascal got to the same heights we did after training for 30 days. So I'd like to say that all the training really paid off and it did, I'm quite sure. Um, but, uh, if, uh, Johnny O could do it after climbing out of a hospital bed, I I don't have much to complain about. (laughs) That's some inspiration. (laughs) It was Well, we were, we were just shaking our head. I mean, I don't know what he was fueled by, but he got up there. You mentioned COVID-19 delaying some of your efforts and the trip itself. Did it also impact any other portions of this journey? It did. So uh, getting into uh, Kathmandu and Nepal was difficult. Um, Certainly all of the testing was required. We were all vaccinated when we went. But just about the time that we were arriving, the Asian variant in India and and China was uh, kicking up. One of our members actually contracted COVID prior to us starting our trek while in Kathmandu and we didn't know it. He got sick and, and, and had to be sent home. Well, when we all got back to Kathmandu to fly back, four, four of the seven of us tested positive. I was not one of them. But on the day that I left Kathmandu, I began feeling ill. And by the time I landed in Arizona, I was sick with COVID. So we all pretty much got COVID. Uh, we got the Asian variant of it, despite being vaccinated. And that's, you know, that happens. You know, you, you still get the flu, even with flu vaccine. It's just a different strain. But I guarantee you it would have been a lot worse had it not been vaccinated. Wow. Yeah. And, and right now, Mount Everest is essentially closed to uh, anyone who is not uh, uh, permitted to summit. And pretty much the summiting uh, season is pretty much closed anyway. What's crazy about that whole region is the the window to climb is very brief because of the volatility of the ice flow there. Mm-hmm. And that was never more real than when we were standing at base camp and you you could hear and feel thunder under your feet because you're standing on a moving glacier. It was crazy. 
any other memorable portions of the trip you'd like to share to the uh, listeners? Well, uh, not to be a braggart, but I am the only person who ever has played bagpipes at the highest pub on the planet. Nice. Um, there you go. And it was very, very, it was a terrible sound that came out, but I did play them. Um, and, you know, just the camaraderie. Really, the last thing is, is, you know, and I said it in another interview, you don't need to go to Mount Everest to memorialize the folks you've lost, but um, it's important to, particularly for public safety folks, to be aware of what the hazards are, to think about those folks who have been lost uh, before, and then change what we do either on the prevention side or in, or in the supportive care side so that we don't lose any more. And that was really what this trek was about and, and, and then p- kind of putting to bed um, the, the pain of, you know, losing Austin. Sure. I think this trip really does hit home for so many who have lost loved ones to cancer. I hope so. Uh, you know, what are the next steps in terms of bringing awareness to occupational cancers in the uh, fire service? Well, thank you for that. There's, we have certainly been awakened. So it's clean buildings. We, help, we have a lot of information on how to keep fire stations clean, fire trucks clean, uh, we, uh, how to exchange turnouts in a way that keeps as much of the toxins off of them all all the time. Uh, firefighting tactics and strategy have changed. And once we determine there's no live person in that house and there are no live pets, we are going to really treat that, that location as a hazmat call. Whereas before years in the past, and I know you have family in the fire service, we used to, we used to hang out in there for a long time. Mm-hmm. And now we know that, that, is, is, that is, we are now the exposure. So we've got to be smarter about how we fight fire. And uh, that's probably the biggest change in the fire service really in the last five to 10 years, um, because it's an epidemic. I mean, every department has been touched by cancer. Well, thank you for bringing awareness to a very important topic. I do want to read a quote, another quote of yours. I came across as I was gathering some information for this interview because I think it's a great way uh, to sum this up. But you said, I would encourage everyone to do difficult things to help heal yourself and others from the pain of loss. It doesn't have to be Everest, but as they say, we can either lose ourselves in the loss of others or we can leverage the experiences of the loss to help others. I say we do the latter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got to keep living, right? Absolutely. For sure. Chief, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing Austin's story. My pleasure. Thanks. And that's it for this episode of Podsdale. But before I go, here's this week's trivia question. What is the name of Alice Cooper's Warhol? Email your answer to communications at scottsdaleaz.gov for your chance to win. And be sure to join me again in two weeks. Until then, take care.